This week on Whatever Wando, we have a special March Madness episode where we are going to break down the bracket, and I'm going to tell you who I have in the Final Four and who I have winning the National Championship. Let's get to it. So this week on Whatever Wanda, we are going to do a March Madness preview, uh, and I'm really excited to do it. March Madness is always one of my favorite times in sports. Um, I'm not going to lie because I, like, I've mentioned this before in an early episode. I'm not the biggest college basketball fan. Like, you know, when college basketball starts, when it's on, I'll watch it, but I'm usually preoccupied with other sports. It also doesn't help that where I went to college, Iowa, the the basketball team isn't always good. Like, we've had some better years recently, but when I went there, we were garbage. So, like, I wasn't as heavily invested as I was in football. There is also the fact that, as I mentioned before, there's little things that bother college players um, that don't bother NBA players, which make me drift more to uh, the NBA. Like, for example, if you give an NBA, a professional NBA player, like an open 15-footer, nine times out of ten they're going to make it. In college, like, depending on the player, like, a lot of these guys, like, your top guy, yeah, he'll probably do pretty well with it. But everyone else, it's a crapshoot. And I don't know why that bothers me. Like, I know there's some people who love that, that, that part of sports. Like, hey, like, some of these guys are going to be pros and some of these guys they are never going to play again. But that kind of irritates me. And, like, other things, like, how, like, a full court press, like, bothers people in college, but... It works so well in college, but no one even bothers to run in the NBA. You know, I, once again, I went to Iowa, and we just won the Big Ten, um, you know, title this weekend, uh, the tournament title, to be exact. And it was amazing. Like, we beat IU on a banked-in three-pointer. But we shouldn't have needed that three-pointer because we were up two with, like, 50 seconds left. But our one of our guards couldn't handle, like, a press. And it's like, this stuff doesn't happen in the pros, and it's just frustrating uh but you know that is the fun part of march madness watching just having this crazy tournament where it's only one game you know anybody could beat anyone one day you know one game you show up if you're not making everything like if you you know if you don't play a lot of basketball i have in my life there are times you step onto a court and you start shooting and you feel like you can make everything just like the the Hoop just looks huge. You could, you know, turn around and hit a three-pointer. Like, everything's going in. There's other days you step on the court and you're shooting up and nothing's going in. And it's just like, all right, how are we going to get through this? Because you know what? It's just not falling today. And sometimes that's like why they always say, shooters always shoot, you know? It's going to go in eventually. But sometimes in a game it doesn't, you know? I always look back at uh, when Virginia lost to UMBC. It was just that. It was literally just like a day. Like, that entire team just couldn't make a shot to save their lives. Um, So it'll be fun to break down the bracket. I'll give you who I have making it all the way to the Final Four and who I have winning it. Uh, Feel free to take my picks or fade them as you wish. 
Also, for full context, uh, I am doing this as the final four, uh, not the final four, the first four games are happening. So, Indiana beat Wyoming yesterday in a rock fight. Like, honestly, both teams should have been kicked out of the tournament for that terrible game. Um, and then there was the, I, I even forgot who played in it. There was the two teams decide who's a 16 seed. Right now, there's Bryant versus Wright State, which is currently on uh, as, I'm, as I'm recording this. So I don't have the full picture, but, you know, I don't think these teams are going to have a huge impact on the tournament. So the other game we have left is Rutgers and Notre Dame. And I just don't see any of those teams making like a UCLA run. Like everyone's talked about like how one of these first four in teams uh, has made a run the last couple of years. I don't see it. I just don't see it on any of these teams. I thought Indiana might've been, but it's just, I'm like, if they play like they did against Wyoming, they got no shot. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I don't see anyone having a UCLA run like last year where they went from first four into the final four. I just don't. Uh, but yeah, I always have fun with this. And so it's always, now it's like something I never got to do. It was like, all right, I'm going to podcast about it. Uh, I ha- I can make the claim to fame that I have won one NCAA bracket challenge in my life. It was a big one. Uh, many people in it. The only bummer was that I was like nine years old. So I had no idea what I was doing. Like, so now that I've gotten older, like I've done like analytic stuff, like I've broken down tape, like. Well, not really breaking down tape. Like I watch highlights, and ever since I've gotten older, I just I can't do it. I've gotten close a couple times, but I always laugh that the only time I ever won was when I picked Michigan State to win the year they had Mateen Cleaves, and I had no idea what I was doing. I was just circling things, but like, all right, this team will win, and I just gotta wonder how many just adults in that league were like, oh, this guy's son won, and he's like nine years old, because we've all been in those. That's the crazy thing about March Madness. It brings so many people together, like at work or with your family, or it's like, all right, everyone fills out a bracket. We all do this. You know, grandma wins the bracket. She has no idea what's happening. It's always because it always happens. There's always someone who has a story of like, yeah, like my brother won and he hasn't watched college basketball in like seven years. It's, you know, we all have that story. And I think it's just fun to, you know, now everyone has their bracket on their phone. But, you know, I remember in high school, we had a teacher who would have uh, – he was the computer repair teacher. And so he had all these computer monitors that outlined the outside of his classroom and kind of sat on this high ledge where you could see it through the glass. And he'd have all the different games going So while we were in school. And so we'd all be walking around with our brackets during the passing period. We'd all just be sitting there watching the different games. I remember many times being like, hey, I have to go to the bathroom because I'm like, I need to see the end of this Boston College game because they're a five seed, but I have, you know, Jared Dudley and that team going very far. Uh, and I was, that was always fun. Just everyone would just walk out of their bracket, be like, yes, start just like crossing things out. There's always that one teacher who has, uh, you know, the games on during lunch or it's like in the gym. So I think it's a fun time for everyone. You know, it's wall to wall sports. So I think that's going to be. You know, I, if you don't like it, I can't really help you. For me, my weakness when I do these things is I fall in love with lengthy athletic teams. Like if they mention wingspan of a team, I'm like, yes, that is my team. Like so many years I have picked Baylor like before they won the title because they're like, yeah, they have 
multiple guys with a seven-foot wingspan, and they all can dribble like guards. And I'm like, yes, they're my team. And then they'll lose in, like, the second round. I did that last year with Texas. I had Texas, and I, I told everyone, I'm like, dude, Texas is so long. They can defend everybody. And then they, you know, crap the bed. So we'll see how my picks turn out this year. Hopefully they turn out uh, better than other years. But, yeah, uh, after in a moment, you know, we're going to go through. I'll go region by region. It's not going to be a super in-depth. I'm not going to be like, hey, here's their leading score and he does blah, blah, blah. Because I'd be, I'd be lying to you guys if I said here and I watched half these teams. Because I didn't. But I'm just giving you my gut feeling. And once again, you can go with my picks. You can fade them. I don't know. Have fun with it. Uh, but before we get to that, let's kind of do a little news roundup about the biggest news uh, stories in sports over the last uh, week since the last time that we have spoken. Uh, And I think the first story is that the baseball lockout is over. I think that's great. Baseball cannot, they just couldn't survive a lockout. It is a sport that is hemorrhaging fans. So having a full year off, literally there's no other, there's no sport like no, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I, I like, I, I know what I'm trying to say, but I'm not wording it correctly. I think baseball is the mate, like the one major sport in America that could like would suffer the most with a full year lockout. Like if the NFL had a full year lockout, yes, it would suck. But the second the NFL came back, we'd all be all in. The NBA did it. I think the core fan base of the end, the NBA would come back because once again, the NBA has so many well-known stars. Uh, some people might say, well, what about hockey? Hockey's, I don't consider it, like, I like hockey. I enjoy watching it. I don't consider it, like, a huge major sport in the United States. I think they're, once again, I think most people will agree, their major market's Canada and probably more European countries than, like, probably the United States. So I don't know how much it would affect its U.S. market. But baseball, baseball full-year lockout would be catastrophic. It would be absolutely horrible. So the fact that they finally worked out a deal was good for them. Um, Hopefully it's good for the players. I haven't heard anyone saying it being extremely bad. Um, I'm obviously all for the players. Some people are like, well, they're making millions of dollars. I'm like, yeah, who are you cheering for here, the millionaires or the billionaires? People who own sports teams – 99% 99% of the time, they don't own a sports team to make money. They do it because they have a bunch of money and it's a way to spend money. You do, you have your exceptions. You have the McCaskies with the Bears who like that is the only reason they may, they have money is because they own the Bears. But for most, you know, owners of things, it's like they made a bunch of money somewhere else and then they now they own a sports franchise. So who am I rooting for, a millionaire or a billionaire? I'll take the millionaire because I can relate more to them. And also as a White Sox fan, I hate my owner, so I don't. he doesn't need to make more money. So I hope the White Sox continue to make more moves because right now I'm not happy with all the ones we've made. Uh, I will say in the deal that I've seen, I ha- I'm excited about some of the rule changes. Universal DH, thank you, yes. I know there are some people who are purists and they're like no pitcher should hit blah 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 i don't want to see american league pitchers bat i don't want dylan cease or lance lynn or lucas giolito getting hurt 
trying to lay down a shitty bunt just because they never do it because we play in the American League. Sorry, I, I know there's someone right now like, that's the fundamentals of baseball. I don't care. I do not care. I want, I'm very happy Universal DH is in. Because also, as a White Sox fan, we have a left fielder. His name is Eloy Jimenez. He's an amazing hitter. I love watching him play. He's got probably the most swag. It's him or Fernando Tatis for the most swag in baseball. Maybe Ronald Acuna Jr. Maybe Vladdy Jr. Like those four, but so much swag between all of them. He like, but Eloy Jimenez is an amazing hitter. He is a terrible defender. He has almost he has fallen into the stands, like uh, near like where the netting is multiple times. So any chance that I could get him to like DH more, I'm all for it. Also. Same with, like, you know, National League teams, like, like you know, old heads of National League teams. Like, you're going to be, some of you might be upset in the beginning fans-wise, but uh, once you're in a big moment and they can't just walk your eighth hitter to get to your pitcher, you're going to be stoked to be like, oh, they're going to walk number, you know, the eight, you know, the eighth hitter to get to our pitcher. Never mind, there's a DH there that bats, like, 270. Uh, so it's better for baseball. Uh, I'm happy they got rid of the man on second rule during extra innings it just felt like uh, the extra inning games weren't earned so I get getting rid of that I the one thing they got rid of that I don't like is that they got rid of uh the seven inning double header I actually like that it's like all right if we got to play two games make them a little bit shorter now we don't got to tax the bullpen as much so because even though you might say like what you're only making you know it's only two innings less, but I'm like, yeah, the, between the two games, that's four less innings. If, like, depending on how well your reliever is doing, that's possibly two to three relievers you're saving. So I kind of like that, but, you know, whatever. People want to get rid of it. Uh, the the other big rule change that I saw is that starting next year, they're getting rid of, like, there's shift restrictions, which uh, I'm excited about now in theory and that's mostly just because of the way that my team is made up of I have a lot of like on the White Sox there's a ton of power hitters who pull and there's so many times where they just hit it I'm like awesome like it clearly looks like a single and then it's like oh sorry we put our second baseman in the outfield it's like well that sucks so I don't know how the rule is gonna look I don't know how far people are gonna be allowed to shift or not but it is what it is so that's the one big piece of news from sports. The other big one was Tom Brady. Tom Brady decided, he came out, said it on Selection Sunday, hey guys, I am coming back and playing another season. And everybody said at the same time, no shit. I don't think there was, a, I don't think there was many people who thought Tom Brady was done. I think someone, as you hear him talk and all these things, like he remembers like almost everyone who was drafted in front of him, you can't turn that competitive edge off, you know, with Brady. He would have had to find something else to do. And with players like that, there's only like a couple options. So first of all, he said he wanted to play to his 45-year-old season. That's this one. Um, you know, I think he'll play possibly more than one year. I think the big thing is if he wins this year, I think he's walking off into the sunset for sure. Um, but he could play more because here's the problem uh, for people if you want Tom Brady to be gone. 
I don't mind him coming back because he's my way of stopping Aaron Rodgers from winning a title. Uh, like my hopeful way, at least in the NFC. Uh, the big thing for with Brady is, as much as people want to say it, time hasn't caught up to Tom Brady. You know, I know there was Tom versus time. He hasn't had a significant drop-off. You know, with Michael Jordan at the end of his career at the Wizards, he was clearly not the player he had been before. He was seeing, you know, as much as competitive-wise Michael Jordan wanted to keep on playing, there was athletically things he couldn't do as well anymore. Jordan probably could have played for another, like, three to five seasons, but, you know, at that point, you start tarnishing your legacy a little bit. Brady almost won the MVP the last two years. Still on a really good team. Why not come back? Also... I think another part of him, you know, I think he was trying to just get traded and then he was kind of playing a game of chicken and he just decided to come back. The other thing, though, is I'm sure in between times of retiring and waiting, he saw the NFC got drastically worse. Like the NFC is right now, like what, there's three teams. It's the Packers, the Rams and the Bucks. Like, I don't know who else you're picking. Like, that, his own division's terrible. The NFC South is garbage. Uh, you have the NFC North where you have the Packers who are for sure going to win. And then, you know, Minnesota might be good. It just depends on, you know, they lose so many close games. The NFC West, uh, Seattle's not going to be good this year. No one knows what the 49ers are going to be now because Trey Lance, we assume, is going to be the quarterback, and we're not sure what he can do yet. Uh, so then you got Arizona. Are they going to be able to hold up through a season? And then you got the Rams who won the Super Bowl. So Tom Brady's sitting there like, wait a minute. I got to beat Aaron Rodgers who I beat before. And then I got to beat Matthew Stafford who barely beat me. Yeah, I'll come back. Like, I don't blame him. This is probably one of the most, like, if he's looking, he's probably licking his chops. Like, yeah, I think I can do this. And once again, the Bucks. why wouldn't they? You get all these people to come see the games, all the merch sales, ticket sales, and you get a top five quarterback. Because right now, going into the season, Tom Brady's a top five quarterback this year. He's the number one quarterback ever. And also, top five next year. In no particular order. Probably, like I was looking up, so the, the top four are easy. It's Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. And then it's just kind of like, where do you want to argue on the fifth spot? Is it Joe Burrow? Is it Justin Herbert? Uh, it's kind of like pick your poison there. So, yeah, I get Brady coming back, and I think it's good for the Bucks. Once again, selfishly, it's good for me because anybody who can keep Aaron Rodgers from winning another title, I am a fan of you in my book. So we'll see what happens uh, next year. I think, you know, my team, the Bears, is going to be bad. So, you know, I'll, you know, if the Bears somehow by some weird hook or crook miracle are good, that's awesome. If not, you know, I'll cheer for the Bears to get a high draft pick. And then uh, hopefully the Bills can win because, you know, I love Josh Allen. But, yeah, uh, it's exciting. NFL's getting geared up. You know, they're, uh, you know, you know, the tampering period and all that stuff is happening. And then, you know, all the signings are happening in Major League Baseball. So we're getting ready for new sports seasons to start. So I'll be excited to talk about them. But right now, we are moving to the main topic of today. That is March Madness. So in this breakdown, I'm going to go region by region, tell you who my winner is, like who I think is going to win each game. 
if I have insight on a game, I will for sure tell you. But for some of them, I'm just going to be like, this is who I think is going to win, and that's why. Some of them are just going to be like, I picked this team because I don't know much about the other. So we are just going to go stop, uh, start in the top left where we have the West bracket uh, with number one, Gonzaga. Uh, the number two in this is Duke. The number three in this bracket is Texas Tech. And the number four is Arkansas. So before I tell you all my picks, I will tell you, my number one hope is that Duke doesn't win. Well, I guess my number one hope would be that Iowa wins the national title, but that's not realistic. A lot of people are picking us, which is making me feel uncomfortable as an Iowa fan because uh, now there's expectations. But I just don't want Duke to win. And I feel like that's everybody. You either love Duke or hate Duke. There is no middle ground with Duke, which is, you know, I think a great thing. You know, just like the Yankees. You either like the Yankees or you hate the Yankees. And we need those things in sports. So I'm kind of curious to see what's going to change with Duke now with Coach K leaving. Like, how are our thoughts going to change? But who knows? So let's start first with the first round. Gonzaga versus Georgia State. Gonzaga is going to win. I don't know a single person on Georgia State. Uh, Gonzaga's the number one overall seed. Yes, a number one seed has lost to a 16 before. Not happening again. Memphis is going to beat Boise State. Boise State made it in on, you know, they had a buzzer beater to help them win their conference tournament or uh, to do pretty well in it. But Memphis, I've seen them play, and they are, like, really athletic. Uh, People joke that they're, like, an AAU team. But uh, Memphis, actually, they're 3-1 against top 25 teams where Boise State has not beaten a single uh, top 25 team. So I'm going with Memphis. Uh, I have Connecticut being new, uh, beating New Mexico State. Um, I just mostly believe more in UConn out of the Big East than I do, once again, New Mexico. New Mexico didn't play a single ranked opponent. Uh, UConn was three and four against them, but once again, at least had to deal with that strength of schedule. So they're a little more battle tested. I got Arkansas beating Vermont. Um, once again, Arkansas is four and one against top 25 teams. I think a lot more people expect them to be better than they were and they've struggled at times this season, but still, I don't think they're going to, they're, uh, poised for an upset. Uh, Alabama, I think will beat either Rutgers or Notre Dame. Uh, Alabama's just too athletic for either team. Uh, I think Rutgers is a nice story. Uh, I really don't know anything about Notre Dame just because I don't care about Notre Dame. So I got I put my money on Alabama. Uh, I think Texas Tech is going to beat Montana State. Texas Tech, as I kind of talked about earlier, um, you know, I love teams that are long and athletic and, you know, all that kind of thing, and they fit the bill for me. So I think Texas Tech is going to have a pretty good run in this tournament. Uh, I think Davidson is going to beat Michigan State. Michigan State has not impressed me this year. Uh, I've seen a decent amount of them play, obviously, with you know watching a lot of the Big Ten. This isn't one of Izzo's better teams. Um, and uh, Davidson has a Michigan State uh, transfer, and so I just think the story is just way too good for Davidson not to win. And then I think Duke will beat Cal State Fullerton. Setting us up in the round of 32, we got Gonzaga versus Memphis, Connecticut versus Arkansas, Alabama versus Texas Tech, and Davidson versus Duke. Uh, 
Uh, first, I'm gonna we'll start from the bottom this time. I think Duke's gonna beat Davidson to move on to the Sweet 16. I think Davidson has you know one or two really good players. Duke's got a bunch of draft picks. It's hard for me to pick against Duke. When it comes to Alabama and Texas Tech, both really like very. They both fit my bill of okay, lengthy. They're both fast. They're athletic. Like they're what I like. Um, Alabama had the toughest schedule in the uh, the entire nation, and they had because uh, once again the SEC was really strong this year. But at the end of the day, I just think Texas Tech is a better team, so I have Texas Tech moving on to the Sweet Sixteen. Between Arkansas and Connecticut, I'm just picking Connecticut because Arkansas has just fallen into a few lulls this season. And I don't really trust them. And Connecticut just has that pedigree of being able to be in Sweet 16s. So I'm going with Connecticut, and then Gonzaga's going to beat Memphis. So in the Sweet 16 out of the West bracket, we have Gonzaga versus Connecticut, and I have Texas Tech versus Duke. Uh, I have Gonzaga moving on. I think Gonzaga just has too many weapons. I don't think Connecticut can handle it, and I don't think Connecticut has the height to handle it, which is a really big problem for them. Uh, on the other side, I have Texas Tech beating Duke. I think Texas Tech is a great matchup for Duke. Uh, in the way of saying, like, I think they would be, it, they play the type of defense that would be very hard on Duke. Really, the big thing here is um, what type of game is being called. You know, if you watch the different conferences, like Big 12 games, like, they will beat the crap out of each other sometimes. I watched, I watched a Kansas, it was Kansas versus Texas Tech. And it was just, they were letting them get away with everything. If they're letting them play physical, Texas Tech is going to beat Duke. If there's a lot of fouls called, then Duke will probably win. But since I don't know, and then I'm just going based off what I do know, because I can't play out that scenario, I think I think Texas Tech is going to beat Duke, setting up an Elite Eight of Gonzaga versus Texas Tech. And even though I love Texas Tech, and I think they're going to go far, I think this is where their journey ends. And I think Gonzaga makes it to another Final Four. So out of the West, I have Gonzaga beating Texas Tech to go to the Final Four. Next up, we have the East Bracket. So now we move on to the Eastern Bracket, with the number one seed being Baylor, the number two being Kentucky, the number three being Purdue, and the number four being UCLA. Uh, I think of the first round, uh, Baylor is going to beat Norfolk State once again has a 16 beat a one seed yes it's happened once before I don't think it's going to happen here Baylor is very skilled they're very athletic they're very long once again fitting the major criteria I love Norfolk State does not fit the bill um North Carolina versus Marquette uh North Carolina in that game against Duke showed me a lot they bullied Duke on the boards they made some key shots they were hitting their free throws if they play that game against everybody, I don't know who can beat them. But the question is, will they play that game? You know, was that game them looking that good only because of the fact 
that, uh, you know, maybe the Duke players were, you know, playing tight because it was Coach K's final game. I don't know, but North Carolina really impressed me, so I think they're going to win. I think St. Mary's is going to beat Indiana. I originally was going to pick Indiana, and then I saw them play against Wyoming, and I said, no. They looked awful. Like, I honestly don't. Like, watching them play, I'm like, how did you guys beat Illinois, and how did you guys almost beat Iowa? I don't get it. So I think St. Mary's, I think they'll get it done. I think UCLA will beat Akron. I think Virginia Tech will beat Texas. You know, Virginia Tech just made a big run. I do believe in momentum, and Texas doesn't have any. So I think Virginia Tech uh, will beat Texas. You know, they just won the uh, ACC title. So I think Virginia Tech carries that momentum on. Purdue rebounds. uh Against Yale, both, I meant that both, you know, metaphorically and truly, you know, I don't know where Purdue, Purdue gets these seven-footers if they just grow them on trees. Like, every, two, every year they have another seven-footer, and Yale's not going to be able to do anything about it. I think Murray State will beat San Francisco, and Kentucky will beat St. Peter's. Uh, in the round of 32 out of here... Uh, I weighed heavily on this. Like, Baylor, even though, once again, they fit the bill, long, athletic, things I like, they have a few, like, key injuries right now. So I'm like, could North Carolina catch them? And I just don't think they will. If would North, if North Carolina won, would I be totally shocked? No. But, you know, I'm going to give the defending champions, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, in St. Mary's versus UCLA, I think UCLA wins. You know, they use that, exper- uh, that experience from last year to force their way into another Sweet 16. I think Purdue beats Virginia Tech. Uh, I think Purdue is a really good team. Consistently, they make the Sweet 16. So I don't think this year is any different. And then I think Kentucky beats Murray State in, a, in the battle for Kentucky. I think that will be a closer game than some people might expect it to be. Uh, In the Sweet 16, Baylor versus number four UCLA. I have UCLA winning. I think just the experience of UCLA and also they are not missing as many key pieces as Baylor makes it me want to go with UCLA. Once again, kind of the same thing that goes with Texas Tech their game, like if they're letting Baylor be as physical as they want to be, this could end up being a major problem for UCLA. But how I see games, like sometimes called in the tournaments, I just I lean more towards UCLA in that experience. Purdue and Kentucky, I it's just hard for me to pick against Kentucky here. Purdue has, you know, Ivy's a great player. Once again, you have so many, you know, talented big men, but Kentucky just you look at that up and down that squad, you just go NBA player, NBA player, NBA player. And I can't really pick against Kentucky. So Kentucky moves on. So in the Elite Eight out of this, the East bracket, I have UCLA versus Kentucky, and I have Kentucky moving on to the Final Four. I think Coach Cal, super talented team. Once again, even though Kentucky didn't win the SEC title, they are like net uh, net ranked the fifth best team. They uh they have the twelfth hardest schedule. They average seventy nine point five uh points a game while only letting up sixty six points. Their record against top twenty five teams is a little alarming. I'm not gonna lie, 
Uh, they're three and six, where UCLA is four and four. But I think if you line up man for man, like like both teams, and you're gonna say who you're gonna pick, you're gonna pick Kentucky. So out of the Eastern bracket, I have Kentucky advancing to the Final Four. Next, we move on to the South bracket. So now we move on to the South bracket, um, with the number one seed being Arizona, the number two being Villanova, the three being Tennessee, and the number four seed being the University of Illinois. Uh, Before I tell you my picks, I just want to tell you, I just love making fun of the University of Illinois. I do have some friends who went there, my fiance went there, but I always contend this, and you, I think... I think it holds true. You will find no state that has less of, like this is obviously through my own personal experience, but you will find no state with less of a connection to their home college than Illinois. If you drive around, like if you're in the Illinois suburbs or in like downtown Chicago, you won't see a ton of flags with Illinois up. You'll see Michigan flags, Michigan State, Iowa, Indiana, like a bunch of Big Ten schools, ISU flags. You don't see a ton of Illinois flags. For a long time, it was because they really didn't want Illinois students. They wanted, you know, uh, they wanted the out-of-staters, which made sense because you get more money that way. But I always just laugh about that. I go, there's no school I can think of, like no state where... You go like with in Iowa, you know, I went there. Iowa, the school is Iowa. If you go to Florida, people love Florida or Florida State. Like they're connected to it. In Georgia, it's Georgia. Alabama, it's Alabama. Texas, it's, you know, one of the couple Texas schools. North Carolina, once again, it's North Carolina, Duke, all that type of stuff. In Illinois, like I feel like the number one like Illinois school at this point that people like care about is probably Northwestern. And it's a school that no one, like, once again, you got to be really smart to get into. So it's not like a ton of people here go there, uh, you know, because it's not like the acceptance rate is huge. So I always just laugh about that, you know. I and I just, I'm wondering if I'm the only one. I think it's true, but I don't, I, I need to get out and find more people. But yeah, I just feel like there's no school, there's no other state, like maybe Maine or New Hampshire might be the one or like Delaware, who knows. But Illinois, like, just no one cares about Illinois, unless you went there. Or like you had a family member went there. It's just there's no state that I feel like has less of a connection to their main state school. Uh, California might be up there because like Cal is a good school, but I think you hear about more about USC or UCLA more, but there's still a lot of people that talk about Cal, so who knows. Uh, but that's just kind of my funny tangent. Let's start at the top. Uh, right now, the game that is happening to see who gets to play Arizona is between Bryan and Wright House. Uh, not Wright House, Wright State. Uh, Wright State is currently winning. Uh, whoever wins gets to lose to Arizona. Arizona's moving on to the round of 32. Sorry, guys. Uh, you're not as good as them. Uh, Peter Kiss, who is the, uh, the player for Bryant, who is the leading scorer in the nation. You're not going to beat Arizona. Sorry. Uh, Seton Hall, TCU. I picked TCU. I don't know anything about either team, and I like the color purple. I'm going to be very honest on this one. I flipped a coin because, honestly, I didn't care because I'll uh, – spoiler alert, I have Arizona beating whoever wins that game. 
Uh, Houston versus UAB. I'm picking UAB. Uh, I watched, uh, basically, there's a player on UAB, uh, which is University of Alabama, Birmingham. Uh, I watched him. Uh, he's got the like, nickname Jelly. I'm pretty, like, And he was just killing it during the tournament, like uh, his, uh, his conference tournament this weekend. So I just feel like they can sneak out a game. Also, Houston's not a very good shooting team. Like They are a team that scores pretty well. But it, like, and it's because like they always have ridiculous offensive rebound numbers, but they don't shoot very well. So I just, I just feel like they get caught here. I think a hot player catches them and they move on. So I think UAB will beat them. Um, I think Illinois will beat Chattanooga. Like people have been saying, like Chattanooga might win. I think Illinois once again. I think Kofi Coburn is really tough to handle. He draws fouls and he's a he's a halfway decent free throw shooter. So I think Illinois moves on. Uh, Colorado State, Michigan. I think Michigan moves on. I think, um, you know, I have them with the upset here. I just think it's something of just a little bit too much height. I think Michigan's an okay team. I think Colorado State just kind of gets off, gets caught off guard. Uh, Tennessee, who I think is severely, well, not severely, but they are underranked. I think they're going to kill Longwood's not going to be close. I think Loyola Chicago is going to beat Ohio State. I haven't seen Ohio State play many good games this year. So Loyola, kind of this one, I'm kind of doing like a legacy pick. Like they have, you know, done pretty well in the last couple tournaments. Obviously, uh, uh, Porter Mosier's gone, that former head coach. So we'll see how they do. But I probably see them winning this game. And then I think Villanova is going to beat Delaware. In the round of 32, we'll start from the bottom. I think Villanova will beat Loyola. I think Loyola will just get their one game in, and that's it. I think Tennessee will beat Michigan right now. I think Tennessee is one of, like, the three hottest teams in college basketball. So I don't think Michigan has has the horses to keep up. I think Illinois will beat UAB, and then I think Arizona is going to beat TCU, like I said. So this bracket is pretty chalk. Uh, which, you know, a lot of times ends up happening. I got Arizona beating Illinois, and then I have Tennessee beating Villanova. So in the Elite Eight, I have Arizona versus Tennessee. I really, honestly, Tennessee, if you put them in any other bracket, I would have picked them to beat the number one team. The only team I wouldn't have picked them to beat is Arizona. I just, Arizona's been so good this year. Arizona, like, statistically, like, their net rank, they're the second best team in college basketball. They're 5-2 and two against top 25 teams. They score 84.6 points a game, and they lit up only 67.5. Tennessee, 7th overall net rank. They're 7-5 and five against top 25 teams. They have the 4th hardest schedule. That is a knock in Arizona. Their schedule isn't as tough. Um, and defensively, they're very good, uh, but I just don't think they can keep up with Arizona offensively. So Arizona moves on to the final four. So, so far, I have two ones and a two. I know it's not the most exciting thing, but I got to be honest to what I have. So, uh, so far in our final four, we got Gonzaga, we have Kentucky, and we have Arizona. Now to fill out the final part of our bracket, let's go to the Midwest region. 
In our final region, we have the Midwest region with Kansas as the number one seed, Auburn as the two. Uh, at the three, you have Wisconsin and Providence is the four. Uh, first, we have Kansas versus Texas Southern. Kansas is going to win. Moving on. San Diego State, I think, is going to beat Creighton. Um, I think mostly San Diego State has one of their, you know, standard teams. Big, strong, athletic. Um, what I saw out of Creighton and against Villanova in their big, in their tournament, uh, their uh, conference tournament just didn't, it didn't leave me much to think that they would do well in a game against a good defensive team. So I think San Diego State moves on. I then next have Iowa versus Richmond. Uh, Iowa is, uh, you know, one of the hottest teams in baseball, uh, not baseball, basketball right now. Knock on wood. Um, so once again, I'm hoping they can keep that up. Uh, they just won the Big Ten tournament. Uh, they have Keegan Murray, who is a National Player of the Year finalist. Uh, all, you know, All-American. He's been amazing. It's crazy to see his growth in one year. You know, I wondered, like, hey, did, you know, our coach, Fran McCaffrey, just not know how to use him right? Um, was having Luca Garza and Joe Wieskamp, did that slow down the pace too much that he didn't get to be as good as he is? I don't know. Keegan Murray had an amazing year. He is going to leave in the draft as he should. Go get your money. Uh, but I'll miss him. Richmond just won. Uh, they kind of won a Cinderella story winning their conference tournament. They were kind of a bid stealer, so they're kind of on a run too. Uh, so you know they're both they both have momentum. So then I you kind of break it down to who's got the best player on the court, and I go with Keegan Murray. Uh, could I see Richmond winning? Yes, and it would break my heart, but I think Iowa's going to win. So I got Iowa winning that game. The next game is South Dakota State versus Providence, and I have South Dakota State winning since January, I believe sixteenth. Uh, South Dakota State's 16-0. They haven't lost in league play at all. Uh, Fast-scoring team. And Providence just has won a lot of really close games that, like, don't inspire confidence. Like, you could say, like, oh, like, they got the clutch gene. They go in the close ones. Some of them are luck. They have no, no all-Big East team players. So that makes me not want to pick Providence. So I'm going with the Jackrabbits. Um, when it comes to LSU versus Iowa State, I'm going with LSU because I went to Iowa, so I can't pick uh, Iowa State. So LSU moves on. I think Wisconsin beats Colgate because Colgate makes uh, toothpaste, so I'm not going to pick a toothpaste company. Uh, USC versus Miami. Miami seems to be a very popular pick. Uh, I think the Pac-12 was uh, a more competitive conference than people gave it credit for, and USC is a good team. It doesn't have, obviously, Evan Mobley from that team last year, but it still has some parts from that team that had a, a nice run last year. So I think they definitely win their first game, and Auburn's going to beat uh, Jack State, which is short for... I don't even know. I don't even know. And I'm going to learn what it stands for. Sorry, Jack State. I refuse to learn what you fully stand for. Uh, in the round of 32, Auburn's going to beat US USC. Auburn's got great players... Uh, a pretty good coach, and USC just doesn't have the talent to keep up with them. Uh, I think LSU is going to beat Wisconsin. Uh, I just, 
I just don't trust Wisconsin. I just don't. They kind of fill into. They kind of fought. They they kind of go into that role with um, you know Providence. They got lucky a lot. I don't know how good they really are. So I'm gonna go with LSU. LSU. Uh, Wisconsin was better against ranked opponents. Uh, LSU had a tougher schedule. They have a better net ranking. Uh, they score a little bit more, and they lit up a little less points. So I'm going to go with LSU with the upset there. Uh, so we got an all-SEC, that part of the Sweet 16. I think Iowa will beat South Dakota State, even though everything I've heard about South Dakota State is terrifying. So I could they could beat us, but I think Iowa will win once again. Matchups are important. Who's matching up with Keegan Murray? And I think he'll do well. I think Kansas moves on uh, after beating San Diego State. In the Sweet 16, Kansas versus Iowa. I would love to say Iowa's going to win. And there's a chance they could. Kansas has only one of two moves in the tournament. They either choke in the Sweet 16 or they win it all. That's it. If they win this game, they might go on to win it all. Or they could easily choke. As I told my uncle, who's from, uh, he's from Missouri, but, you know, his daughter, uh, one of my cousins, his daughter went to Kansas. He goes, oh, I was going to have to face Kansas. I'm like, the last time you play, uh, the last time Kansas played uh, a team from Iowa in the tournament, it did not work out very well for them with Northern Iowa. Ali Farouk Manesh with that, you know, gutsy three-pointer. Um, but at the end of the day, I love Keegan Murray. I love my alma mater. But if I'm being unbiased, you know, you see Kansas, you see the studs on the team. There you can match up. There's going to be a guy on, you know, Kansas who will be able to keep up with Keegan Murray. I don't know if he'll lock him down, but it'll make things hard for him. So I see Kansas moving on. And then I see Auburn beating LSU. So... Then we, uh, so, that was a weird, like, so. Uh, so then we move on to the Elite Eight, and we have Kansas versus Auburn, a one versus a two. Everyone said it, you know, like, I didn't really know what they meant until I finally watched it. It's just like, they don't trust the guard play of Auburn. I'm like, what does that mean? And then I watched them play in the SEC tournament. I was like, oh, that's what you meant. Like, Really good teams. At the end of a game, they know who they're going to give the ball to. They know who is like, all right, who's going to break it down? Who's going to set up our offense? Or who can we give it to? And they can get their own shot if they need to. There's no really good flow sometimes when you watch Auburn play to their offense. It's just because their guard play is inconsistent. And in these tournaments... Guard play is so important because not every team has has a giant center they can rely on, you know, or, you know, so, so many times it is, okay, who's running the offense, who's controlling the ball. And so Auburn doesn't really have good guard play. Kansas has solid guard play. So I have to say that Kansas wins and moves on to the final four. So our final four is Gonzaga versus Kentucky and Arizona versus Kansas. So in the final four, we have Gonzaga versus Kentucky on one side. And the other side, we have Arizona versus Kansas. Um, 
And in this matchup versus Gonzaga versus Kentucky, you have the number one overall net ranking team in Gonzaga. They're number, once again their number one overall rank uh, net rank. They're five and three against the top twenty-five. They're fifty-second in strength of schedule, which is because of their conference. They score about eighty-eight points a game, and they lit up about sixty-five points a game. So they're winning most of their games pretty handily. On the other side, you have Kentucky, who is the fifth-ranked team. Uh, they are three and uh, the fifth net-ranked team. They are three and six against the top twenty-five. They have the twelfth hardest schedule. Uh, they score about 80 points a game, and they lit up 66 points exactly. Um, once again, on paper, a lot of these statistics go towards Gonzaga, but for me, I sit and I look at Gonzaga's conference, and I know other people have said this, people have been disproven, I just don't believe in their conference. But at the end of the day, Gonzaga was the number one overall seed for a reason. I just don't see it. So I'm picking Kentucky. Here's my big reason. Uh, Gonzaga has made it to a few Final Four as they lost last year. They have Drew Timmy, who's having a good year. They have Chet Holmgren, who's having a great year. I just don't believe in them. I don't. Uh, I think whenever I think about Kentucky, honestly... Uh, you know, they have Wheeler on their team, you know, who transferred from Georgia. Uh, and, like, they have so many other just really good players on their team. Uh, they have, you know, Kellen Grady. Uh, you know, he's a really good shooter. He came from Davidson. I think John Calipari can coach this team up and they can make it to another title game. You know? And I don't know if I'm, you know, kind of blinded by the Kentucky aura, you know, for me, I think, and it, it's once again, it's just how my brain works. When I think about Kentucky, I always think about, uh, I can't pinpoint off the top of my head the year. It's the year though, DeMarcus uh, Cousins went pro and every, like everyone, like the, like six other players won the, like the first two rounds, like five of them won the first round. I think one won in the second round. I think that was, uh, I think that was for the bulls. I think it was Jeff Teague's brother. So, uh, I, I don't know. I just can't get that out of my head, you know? How many players on Gonzaga, this Gonzaga team, are going to go pro? Probably not that many. For, the, for Kentucky, three, maybe five. So, I'm going with Kentucky. So, Kentucky gets to the national championship. Who are they playing, Arizona or Kansas? So, Arizona is the second net-ranked team. They're 5-2 and two against the top 25 Strength of schedule is not great at 59th. Uh, they, they score about 85 points a game, and they lit up about 68 points. Uh, Kansas, on the other hand, is the sixth-ranked team. They're 6-4 and four against the top 25. They're the second overall on strength of schedule. They lit up about 79 points. I mean, they score 79 points. They lit up about 68. Um, the thing is... With two evenly matched teams like this, I go, who has the best player on the field? Not the field, on the court. And in this case, it's Arizona. Arizona's got the top two players on the court, in my opinion, in this game. So for me, I have to pick Arizona. I know I said earlier that Kansas has one of two modes. They either lose in the Sweet 16 or they win the whole thing. Well, here's a new option. They make it to the Final Four, but they're losing to Arizona. 
Uh, I just think Arizona has too much offensive firepower that I don't think – I think it's going to be a track meet, and I don't think Kansas will be able to keep up. So I have in the national title game, Kentucky versus Arizona. John Calipari, can he win another title? Yes, but not this year. Arizona, I've they have been, besides Iowa, the team I've seen the most of, and they have been the most impressive. Every time I see them play, I'm just like, how has this team lost a game? They're so fast. They're so athletic. There's so many different scoring options. They're so unselfish with the ball. They just play so well that I think they're going to win the national title game. I don't have a final score for you. I wish I did, but I don't. But I think at the end of the day of my bracket, I think in the national title game, it's Kentucky versus Arizona with Arizona cutting down the nets and then us having to listen to that crappy song. Yes, I hate One Shining Moment. It's a shitty song. Sorry, that's just my opinion. But thanks for listening to my March Madness podcast. Um, we'll see how my picks turn out. It'll be funny to listen to this in like a couple weeks, probably even a week and be like, all right, well, that was a bad take. Um, and we'll just see what I got wrong, what I didn't. But next week we are going back to conspiracy theories. And next week we are focusing on the NHL and we are going to talk about whether the 2005 NHL draft was rigged to make sure that the Penguins got Sidney Crosby. I'll see you guys next week.